Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Oh man, it feels good to be back. <laughs> What's up, buddy? It's your boy Dale Libin in here with my bro host in crime, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, dude? It's pay per view week. Pay per views. Pay per view. What's up, man? UFC two sixty nine takes place this weekend. We got a double title fight. We got Charles or Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira taking on Dustin Poirier uh, for the undisputed lightweight strap, and we got Amanda Nunes taking on Juliana Pena. This is a bantamweight title fight, is it not? It is, and I will tell you this, Dale. When you call him Charlie Olives, I'm okay with it. I don't like Olives, um, but I do like this card. Absolutely stacked. All about it. I like it better. Hmm, I'm getting a weird signal thing telling me that my um, internet's not good, so you got to let me know so I can make an adjustment mid-show if need be. Anyway, I like it better than Charles Dubronx because I'm not, as you know, for a long time, I have not understood the nickname Dubronx. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, and I've got, I've had nothing but smoke and beef for, uh, Charles Oliveira for years now. And I will try not to let that bleed through in our main event analysis tonight. Hey, I, I uh, I'll shift gears for a quick second here. Ooh. I put on a gray shirt. I'm not wearing an Allegiance shirt today, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest and you know, call it braggadocious if you will, but I look very thin. I look very thin. Do you? Is absolutely insane because I've been eating like shit and drinking way too much, but I look good. I look good tonight. I look good, dude. I look good. So you're just saying that you're just making yeah. a, a statement, just saying that you feel so you look good, feel good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hot stuff right now. Okay, so if you look good, feel good, does that mean you're going to pick good? Well, based off last week, what do you say, Dale? What do I, you I, say? I say you had a good week last week, and it's about time. Thank it's you. about time. Thank you. I, I just I was there was there was an interesting dynamic for a while you know we had like a real pinky in the brain thing going on and just all of a sudden <laughs> you, you you really turned it around so i'm i'm proud of you man you had a good week thank you yeah uh, a lot of the of the betting public out there the punchless public was definitely siding with the beard but the entree came and delivered dude full historically on- speaking that's been the that's been the play to make is to come on my team historically speaking although last week was not my week no i, I delivered a full course mirror of just pure Pure cashola. 
what was crazy is, you know, normally I try not to, I, I listen to our show back once, like after we record, I'll listen to it once and I try not to revisit it. Um, but today I was like, I'm just going to listen to something. I just, I, I just need something in my ears while I'm working. And I put it on a couple things. Uh, I could not have been more wrong about the Brendan Allen, Chris Curtis fight. God awful. And I started, I started off with you in agreeance about Chris Curtis. And then halfway through my assessment of that fight, I really just went off the deep end on Brendan Allen, um, which was just a really bad move. And then the other one was the Maki Patolo fight. I don't know what happened. I, I, I blacked out somewhere. I think I'm not really sure what happened. I, I, and yes, as Omar said, the Jimmy Crute fight. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I had a bad week last week. My assessments on everything were just dead in the water. I, I what I thought was going to happen did not. The MMA is a is a cruel mistress, as as we will talk about here later on. It is, um, but I actually. I'm an advocate of the way you played last week. Uh, shitty. And I will say that for one reason. Um, so great example. I'm wearing a Dallas stars hat. Um, we were on a seven win streak, seven game games. That's, that's what you play. Game. Yeah. In hockey. Sorry, mm-hmm. I was about to say fights because we are in mixed martial arts. No, seven right now, but Go ahead. They were going to a franchise best eight wins last night. Yeah. Uh, when they played, they lost, and my brother was all pissed. He's like, oh, damn it, dude. They should have won that game. They should have beat Vegas. But I said, dude, I'd rather have a quick loss and then go right back to a winning streak. So my brother, let's get back into this winning streak. I'm all on Team Beard. I'm on Team Andre. I'm on Team fucking Punch List. Okay, fair enough. I like I like the margarita you're drinking. Uh, before we get too far into the show, what is that? Is that a different one now? Which one's that? Uh, sticking with Seaborn. Seaborn. Did, oh, speaking of which, I want I want to say this. I want to give credit to our listeners where credits due, which is all the time. Um, we have been in contact with Cutwater recently. Yes, they sent us a that you. I I think I got the the DM. You didn't see it. They said they said for us to email them about a sponsorship. <laughs> Guys, if we get sponsored by Cutwater for. We'll do a we'll do a deal where it's like literally you just message us a secret code and we will ship you some cut water. I love for it for sure. I love it. Yeah, it's you guys that did this. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll even if even if you're, I won't say even if you're underage, but even if you're in a state where you can't get it, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll find a way to get it to you. You know, whenever I was in, whenever I was stationed in Japan, we brought back some habusaki. I think I told you this story before. I've not told I told you this. No, that sounds illegal. Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they have a sake over there. It's called habu sake. It's got a habu snake in it, which is like the only poisonous snake indigenous to Okinawa as an island. It's like the only predator there outside of a mongoose. It's like a rattlesnake <laughs> with no rattle. Okay. But what they do is they would put these snakes inside of a bottle of sake. And then the, what you do is you, you have like this ladle, this old slave timey ladle, and you put it in and you bop the snake on the top of the head. It's supposed to release the poison. And then you bring the, you bring the ladle out, you fill the shot glass with that. Right. So this right. stuff is um, customs hates it because it's a snake that's not supposed to be in the United States and you can bring it, you bring it here. So at the time, this was 2007. Um, you may be able to get it here now. I do not know, but 2007, you could not. So what my wife and I did whenever we were leaving Okinawa is we bought a bedroom set, like a comforter, and we put the, put it in the middle of the bedroom set, like in the comforter, and then mailed it to ourselves here 
so that way when the box got here uh you know as far as everything that they knew back then it was just a it was just a blanket but inside the blanket was a bottle of abusaki with a snake in it i don't understand why uh, is the the japanese are always so dangerous with their foods i'll say this because uh, a big delicacy is fugu if you're not familiar i'm f very familiar you have to you, there's a there's a briefing when you go on base when you get stationed there there's there's quite a few of them like one stay away from the strippers two don't get a dui three don't eat don't eat fugu yeah. fugu for the listeners that don't know what that is that's uh, blowfish and if you cut yeah. it incorrectly it's it's fatal so it's like how good could it be that i'm worth someone you know some hibachi chef doing a volcano and saying hey and then fucking cutting it incorrect i'm not willing to do it dude yeah i, I never did i mean there was people that did you know the rumor mill was out there that people went and did it because japanese don't care that you do it they'll they'll feed it to you all day uh yeah. just they tell you on base you're not allowed to do it. anyway speaking of delicious meat fresh from the source uh if you're not into blowfish but you like beef and pork and everything else in between go to stay classy meats Use promo code FIST and you can save 10% on the entire thing. Um, yeah, pretty excited about it, man. Yeah, rather than doing fugu, dude, I'd like to hedge with a little bit of steak oh, classy meats. Yeah, yeah. Using the word hedge is a perfect word right now, guys, because if you are not aware, mm. uh, allegianceclothing.com uh, has put out a punch list Allegiance Clothing collab shirt, mm -hmm. The Hedge. It has been on pre sale for one week now. We have two more weeks in this pre sale. So that means you have this week, you have next week limited limited quantities dale already got a note from roy stating hey there's not that many left you guys want to take advantage go there the price i think it's 28.99 but the great thing is you get to use that 15 percent off code that is punch go yep. to allegiancecoding.com type in the hedge our shirt's going to pop up type in the code punch get 15 percent off and then wear the flyest gear on the planet I will say this, we have, we have quite a few people uh, that listen to the show that live in countries outside of the United States and a testament to this, I will, I will say, I believe, uh, I'm trying to remember who I spoke to. I think it was one of our Aussie friends might actually Aussie be even be in here now, um, said, I know it's got an American flag on the shirt, but I don't care. I'm going to wear it anyway, just to support you guys. That's the kind of energy I'm here for. It's the kind of energy I'm here for. All right. We got a fantastic card. Let's break it down. Enough chit chat, enough bill paying, enough all that stuff. Uh, I, I talked to you all week long. I know you're doing well. I don't need to ask you how you're doing. And let's get after it. All right. First fight on the prelims. We got Julian Paiva at 21 and three, taking on Sugar Sean O'Malley at 14 and one. Paiva is plus 250, coming back on O'Malley's minus 310. Uh, Trey, this is a fantastic fight. This is good matchmaking um paiva has looked fantastic as of late o'malley is content to just sit in unranked you know 13 to 15 purgatory because there's no re reason for him to fight higher up according to him and he's going to look to put on a show over and around is at two and a half here i know i i'm not going to bury the lead you like paiva one because he's an alpha male guy but two you legitimately think that his skills can present some problems for o'malley uh how do you think how do you think he's going to get it done or do you think he's going to get it done yeah i think this one's really interesting because this is a this is a spot where you look at sean o'malley and you think gosh this guy's been really strategic in his fights or the fights that he's chosen to tar uh, partake in he's chosen this unranked purgatory he's chosen uh, these fighters where his stylistically, it's a great matchup for him. This one, while it might be someone that's unranked, it's someone that stylistically is not a good matchup for him. 
Julian has fantastic calf kicks. And if he gets top pressure on you or top position on you, he's an absolute threat. Sean O'Malley, the last time we saw him deal with a calf kick or a leg kick, it ended up in what was his quote unquote only loss. And we've never truly seen Sean O'Malley deal with a wrestling component and or be off his back. How is he going to do? We know he's got, he's massive for the division. We know he has great length and reach, uh, pinpoint striking. But I think this is the antithesis to what his entire game plan is. Hmm. Plus 250, a wrestling heavy background team and team alpha male. Right off the bat, dude. Yes, Paiva, yes. Okay. So normally, I mean, I, I would go into this thinking, right? Like, to an extent, I, I'd be worried about the, the creativity of O'Malley, right? Like a lot of times what he's able to do with people is he he does carry a bit of an an aura, for lack of a better way to put it. He carries that into the cage with him, right? Because he is known to be dynamic. He is known to be creative. He he, he does have one-punch knockout power like we saw with Eddie Wyland. Uh, he, he does have all of the skills that, that we can see, at least initially on paper, surface level, cursory level. He appears to have all the skills necessary to be a champion one day. He does. What happens with that, because he's that and because he's braggadocious and because he's loud and he's boisterous and everything else in between, when people get across from him, they tend to take pictures. They tend to kind of pause and look and see if he's going to be who they thought he was going to be and who he presents himself as. And he is very good at sort of this lulling you to sleep and then you know having you playing his faint game and then he he snuffs you so um i i'm trying not to lean too heavily into the 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 jungle book thing like we talked when i accidentally called paiva mowgli but if you remember yeah for sure um (laughs) if you remember in the jungle book when the snake (laughs) wraps up mowgli and starts giving him like the weird eyes and Mowgli gets yeah. all weird and he's getting ready to eat him. That's what Paiva has to avoid legitimately. That he that that's the story of this fight. He can't bite on every feint that O'Malley gives him. He has to go in there and try to dictate um his own fight. If you look at his win over Kyler Phillips, who is another dynamic, crazy fighter. Matrix. Matrix style fighter. Yep, exactly why they call him that. Paiva, you know, it was a majority decision win, but he got the decision win over him. He was able to go out there and get it done. Rinse and repeat for Sean O'Malley if you want to get it done. If you're looking at Sean O'Malley, and a lot of people will be looking at him as a parlay piece here, think this is pretty dangerous. I think he's in a dangerous spot here for a parlay piece. Um, I'm not convinced that Piva is like this super dog that's going to go out there and fight for your money and go out on a shield. I don't know enough about him to 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 say that he's got that sort of grit in him. Um, losses to Kai Carfrance, loss, losses to Rogerio Bontarine. You know, yeah. Level of competition-wise, not the best, right? Not the best, but the win over Kyler Phillips is his best win to date. Coincidentally for him, Sean O'Malley is a similar style fighter. So hopefully he can rinse and repeat. I'm going to take a small flyer on Piva here at plus 250. I think the only thing I'm a little bit worried about, and I'm going to bring a little bit of uh, uh, TMZ culture into this for a quick mm. second, is uh, the Nelk Boys. Nelk Boys will be ringside because of Ty Tuivasa. You don't know who that is? Well, that's because no. you're 70 years old. Okay. Um, the Nelk boys will be ringside. They'll be passing beers to Tai Tuivasa, who we'll be talking about here shortly, to do shoeys on top of the cage. They're also big fans of Sean O'Malley. They bring them on their podcast. They're good friends with 6'9". That's hence why uh, Sean O'Malley has the tattoo on his neck. 
He's all part of this culture. He loves the limelight. He loves everything about it. So do I think the limelight might be a little bit too much for Paiva? Maybe so. But I think when it comes down to tit for tat, titties for tat, you got to go Julian Paiva. All right. I'm, I'm all about it, man. Let's get after it. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it, dude. All right. Um, I didn't realize I was sitting like an old troll underneath a bridge here, man. I didn't realize my posture <laughs> was so bad today. God. What type of candy do you have? Right. Tell me. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I've got a riddle for you, Trey. <laughs> oh, not the riddles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I've got two coins that equal 30 cents. One is not a nickel. What are they? <laughs> All right. Fuck. Uh, six pack of beer for whoever whoever answers my riddle in the chat. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's crypto. <laughs> Kai Car France at twenty two and nine, taking on Cody No Love Garbrandt at twelve and four. It is so weird to me that Cody doesn't even have twenty professional fights yet. That's very strange. Uh, I pick him on some books. We have it listed right now as Car Car France being a, a slight underdog at plus one hundred five. Garbrandt coming back at a minus one thirty five. Over and rounds at two and a half. Your tray. I know. Again, we'll just we'll just go ahead and just get the the alpha male out of the way. All right, hold on a second. I just want to address this real quick. Eric bets fights. He says a quarter and a nickel. You're absolutely right, Eric. You're the first one to get it, man. Go ahead and shoot us a message on Instagram at MMA and we'll get your Venmo and I'll send you. I'll send you enough for a sixer if you're of age. If you're not, I don't care what you do with the money. All right. Um, here we go. So we'll get the alpha male thing out of the way. This is Cody's first fight at flyweight. <laughs> and he's going up against a guy who believes he's going to make a name off Cody. Cody has a face tat now. And he's got uh, he's back to the trimmed up, lined up beard. He's he's foregoing the, the, the big puff and stuff. So he must not think that flyweights can crack. What do you think is going to happen in this fight? What, what, what are you thinking here? Well, I think there's this theory out there, this looming theory mm. that when you cut weight, mm -hmm. your chin goes as well. Now, 100% not a theory, but science. Go ahead. Yeah. That's absolutely not science. You're talking 100%. about the the liquid or the, the the water in your chin? Bullshit, dude. In your brain, bro. It. it has nothing to do with your chin in your brain. What, the water? Yes. You need cut weight. There's less water in your brain, which makes you more susceptible to going night night. Yes. Is that science? That is science. You sound like Fauci right now. I'm that. <laughs> you got to Well, then you could trust my science. No, that's a hundred percent a thing. So your brain is sitting in like a, 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 a basically a cocoon of fluid that protects it from your skull. So whenever it gets rocked around, there's a bit of a cushion to keep it there. When you're dehydrated, your body starts pulling liquid from everywhere it possibly can. So in, in states of extreme dehydration, yes, that is a real thing that happens. Well, God damn it. I'm the smartest person you know. I'm telling you that's the way it works. Okay, where's your lab coat? Um, I, I don't, I'm not. Well, there, there's a difference between being smart and being disciplined and i'm i'm one of the two anyway go ahead break down your fight bro okay well all i'm saying is this this is a quality of competition disparity here cody garbrandt yeah. obviously we have seen him have this crazy ebb and flow of a career um uh, dropping to 125 i think it's a great thing cody he's been known for one thing and one thing only it's how fast he is in his striking how quick he can move laterally in and out um the wrestling component he is a state wrestler um, people forget that he doesn't utilize that much. His camp, and I will keep reiterating this because it's mm -hmm. every single person on this car that is a team alpha male fighter, has the best wrestling camp 
in this card. So I think when you look at Kai Car of France, one, he hasn't had the quality of competition. Two, sure, he's he's familiar with the weight and maybe he's a, a little bit durable, but let's look at his actual wins. Tyson Nam. I'm sorry, what? Tyson Nam, that piece of shit. Rogeria Bontarine. What the fuck? Oh, Tyson and then Nam, yes, he fought. Dude, and then he fought Brandon Roy Val. But that's right. He fucking lost via guillotine choke. Kaikar France has not living or proved Livin. himself to be in that top category. Living is a word. You know what also is? Champion. And that's what Cody Garbrandt's going to be at 125 unless the freaking goat, Henry Cejudo, friend of the show, comes back in and mixes up the division. But Cody Garbrandt, I see him winning this. I don't see him winning decisively. I don't like him coming in and saying, I'm going to get it done in a devastating fashion. This is going to, you know, catapult me to a title shot. Kai Car France, like you said, he's trying to be on that train as well. He's saying, hey, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get a title shot. Both of them are trying to get a fast pass, Disneyland terms, to get it there. Cody Garbrandt gets it down. He's better all around. He's a more well-rounded fighter. I'm a little bit worried about the liquid in the brain thing you talked about, but that's it. So first of all, you went really hard on my dude, Kai Car France. You went really really hard on Tyson Nam. I don't understand why do you don't what, what what's the what's the disdain for Tyson Nam? I, I love Tyson Nam. He's he's you a Hawaiian him, dude. You called him a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Did you black out halfway through talking about that? You legitimately <laughs> just called the guy a piece of shit. That's cool, dude. You know, as I call you like some shit, you know, dude, that's cool. Goodness it's, it's like what bros do. We're bros. We're bros. Okay. <laughs> I don't know We're if Tyson's going to see it the same way. Um, well, here's the thing, right? Is I, I'm about 50, 50 on this fight. I, this is a, this is a pick for good reason. I, I waffle back and forth. Admittedly, you're not going to hear a ton of conviction on either side here on this fight for me because of, of how I feel. What I do think, and the play that I do like for this fight is under two and a half. Um, I think that if Garbrandt wins, it's going to come at the at at the benefit of his speed. Um, and I think if Car France wins, it comes at the expense of the cut that Garbrandt had to get down to flyweight. Weigh-ins are, have yet to happen. We're one day before weigh-ins, so there's a lock that could go on between now and then. I want to see Cody on the scale. I got to see what this flyweight version of Cody Garbrandt looks like. He posted a picture on Instagram the other day. He looks cut, um, but he also looks really sunken in and i don't know how far yes yes i, dis- I disagree I, let me interject for one second mm-hmm. if he were to have fought davison figuera i'd be mm-hmm. very nervous at 125 but this is in an eight-week camp he's had a seven-month camp to try and get to this weight so his nutrition program has been on point he's cut the weight in a very appropriate and organized fashion i'm all about it i i can see why you hope that's the case um, but that doesn't, I mean, you imagining it like that in your brain does not mean that's the way it went. There is no proof in that pudding. I, I would like to believe that what you're saying is accurate and that's the way that it went, but we don't know that. Uh, that's not something that we know for certain. Now right. I, I want, uh, uh, I would like to see Cody win here. It's not because I have anything against Kai Car France because he's got some quality wins. But one of the things that I look at when I see his record, he only has a handful of losses, but he's losing to upper echelon competition. Um, Car France is beating the people that he should beat and losing to the people that he should be losing to. Uh, I wonder where Cody falls in that line at this stage in his career. The speed advantage will still be his. 
I believe that the quality of competition is unquestionably his. I believe that, you know, what he's accomplished in the sport is, is, is obviously it far surpasses what Kai Car France has done. Uh, there is a lot, there's a lot of learning that could potentially happen with a fight like this. That being said, I'm worried about Garbrandt being dehydrated. I'm worried about the mental toll of losing. And the other thing too, is like, he's not, he's not public about it, but it's very evident for anybody that like pays attention to what he's got going on. Him and his old lady split. Like he's not, he's not in the house anymore. Juicy. Look, man, you want to talk about TMZ approach that ain't, he scrubbed her off the Instagram. We follow him on Twitter. He's always liking like chicks and bikinis. Like, because oh, I, don't know if he, shit. I don't know if he knows that you can see what another person likes when you follow. Like, I mean, what, what, what's, what's Cody got going on? You know what I mean? There's some, there's, there's, there's mental there too. Wait, anyway. wait, 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 Cody split with his chick. Yeah, bro. I thought you were saying Kai Car France split with their chick. Nah, bro. He's in it for life, man. That dude's going to be married a hundred years. Wow. Yeah. Cody. Yeah. No way. You're, you're lying. You're right, because I woke up and decided to. I decided to. Uh, they loved know. each other. She was like a bottle service chick. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck. Okay. Yeah. I like this. I like this. So uh, Omar says, "What's wrong with liking chicks and bikinis?" There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I just feel like if you're married and you're doing that, your wife might object. And then Robert says here the Cheyenne Bay's theory. Right. We were on that, but wrong. She came out and looked awesome. She looked fantastic. She looked she awesome. actually she actually posted that her divorce wasn't like uh, amicable by any means. It's been very messy. So it shows that right. some people can't compartmentalize it. You know true, I mean? true. So maybe everything I'm saying is for naught. Right. Um I like under two and a half. I'm not picking it. I'm not picking a winner loser here. I like under two and a half. I love under two and a half. The only okay, thing cool. I don't like Kaikar France, it's France, dude. Like no, it's France. If, no, because if I called myself Trey United States and people started calling me Trey Usteste, I'd be like over it. You know what I mean? Are you? You, know I mean? you say your name Trey? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was Tra. <laughs> That's only when I meet with fancy people. Only fancy. Andrea. Andrea Lee. All right. <laughs> Jeff Neal taking on Santiago Ponzanibio. Ponzanibio at 29 and 4. Jeff Neal at 13 and 4. Neal, slight underdog here, plus 155. Pawns coming back at a minus 130. Overrunner rounds is at one and a half. I'm going to go first here. Yes. Because I know you want to talk a bunch of crap on Neil for getting a DUI and having a gun and everything else. I don't care about any of that. DWI, driving while intoxicated. I don't care. The man, you know, we'll wait to see what the results say. He opted for the blood test, which is smart. Somebody knows the law. Never do the breathalyzer. Never (laughs) do the field sobriety test. Always, always ask for the blood test. It gives you plenty of time to get to the hospital. gives you plenty of time to sober up a little bit more. Always ask for the blood test. Never do Whoa. the field sobriety test. Never do the field sobriety <laughs> test. You cannot search my car. Never, ever do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> bro, it's the way it is, man. I'm not getting out of the car. You're not searching it without a warrant. I'm not doing the field sobriety test, and I'm not blowing in that breathalyzer ever, ever. Really? Mm-mm. 100% not. I have the, I'm allowed to travel freely. If I broke a law or I have a violation, you pull me over, write me the ticket for the violation and then keep it moving. But how do you get to the hospital then? Well, that's, that's just it. He got out of the car. Don't get out of the car. So literally if someone pulls you over, you just say, I'm not getting out of the car. Tough shit. Get a warrant. 
It depends. Yeah, pretty much. You can. Um, but now if they, if they, if you have a cop that says, well, I have probable cause, right. I smell alcohol or I smell weed or whatever the case may be. then, you know, you better have your phone out and try to record as much as you can. Cause things are going to get squirrely as a disclaimer real quick. We are not advocating anyone to do this. And if in fact you need it, guys, we will try and get a sponsorship from Uber or Lyft and we will send you that promo code. Very easy to fucking do. <laughs> Very All I'm easy. saying, if you're drinking, don't drive. That's a, that's a great start. But Bang also, back. you don't have to comply with that stuff either. So, chill out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> see, I did this so I wouldn't get so you couldn't do it, and now here I am doing it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff Neal fought Wonder Boy. Fantastic. That's that. That's the point I want to make here. Is Jeff Neal put up a great fight against Wonder Boy? Wonder Boy is light years better than Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio has come back and had to force himself to learn trial by fire by getting into absolute brawls with people he has no pro he has no business getting into brawls in with. And I think the game in the three and a half years he was gone with the blood disorder and broken legs and all that other crap he had going on, I think the game's progressed past him. Now, Jeff Neal has not been incredibly active lately. He does appear to like the sauce a little bit. He does appear to like his handgun, Second Amendment, woo-woo. Um, but that being said. I think that if he goes out there and gets into a slugfest with Jeff Neal, he's going night-night, man. If if the leech can knock you out, Jeff Neal can send you interplanetary. You'll be chilling on that water planet with Matthew McConaughey and Interstellar. He will send you on a road trip through the stars. And uh, if Ponzinibbio wants to engage him in that, that's what's coming for him. So Jeff Neal, maybe some underdog money for me here if I'm, I'm plus 155 because I don't see Ponzinibbio taking him down. I don't see him doing it, and I don't see him outboxing him. What was that movie you said with Matthew McConaughey? Interstellar, bro. I've never seen it. It's a top fiver. Dude, top fiver's failure to launch that he was in. That was the best one he was oh, ever in. Bro, we're not doing this again. First of all, I, I, I want to address something from the last episode, too. You said Nicolas Cage has never been in a good movie, and I let that fly. No, 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 no. no I did not say that. No, yes, you Con did. Con Air was the best movie of all time. No, you didn't say that either. You said that Nicolas Cage has never been in a good movie. That's I will go back and I will clip both of these together and post it. You said that. And I let it go because I didn't want to argue about actors with you after your embarrassing loss to the Shia LaBeouf uh, commentary. Nicolas Cage is an American treasure in more ways than one. Okay. That's because he went after it in, in the Declaration of Independence or whatever he was trying to steal. Right. Also true. And Robert, again, just man, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable in, in the chat tonight. This uh, chat is hopping. Robert says the rock is better than Con Air. 100% agree. Yeah. And then Eric, fantastic. I'm not shocked at any movie take by Trey anymore. Nor should you be because they're all terrible. Guys are out of your mind. Anyway, okay. uh, Nicholas Cage, Jeff Neal, plus 155. Go. I appreciate your sentiment about Santiago Ponzinibbio. Mm -hmm. Having said that, when he looked bad against Lee Jingliang, that was about three years. I know I just butchered his name. Lee Jingliang, after three and a half years of being off a layoff, looked absolutely atrocious. But then got that ring rust, got that cadence going, then fought Miguel Baeza and looked fantastic and when i say fantastic he came into a war but that's the santiago ponsonibu i like i like someone that's gonna be aggressive i like someone that's gonna be that muscle fucking dude that's gonna bull rush and be a bully in the cage and that's what he did jeff neal 
I want to call him Joff Neal. I'm going to call him Joff Neal. Joff Neal, dude. Lots of power. A lot of outside of the cage news. We talked about this. We just talked about this. When you come into a fight, you need to have clear hearts, full eyes, can't lose. Dude. No, dude. It's clear. Oh, my gosh. Damn it. It's clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. I know you've been watching. I know you've been watching Friday Night Lights and you're trying. I, I'll give you a C for effort there. Um, right. But but Coach oh. Taylor, you are not. And um, Damn it. I, I understand. Well, I, look, I get it, but you're wrong. Okay. Well, <laughs> him coming in. Very strong fighter. I will say, very seldom do people say you had a good fight against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, the most awkward fighter in that division. I call him the dark horse of the division. Nobody wants to fight Wonderboy for one reason and one reason only. You don't look good when you fight Wonderboy. He's a tough fighter. That karate stance, that switch switch back from orthodox southpaw, it's a tough thing to handle. But coming in, dude, there's a, there's a benefit to, I guess, taking the breathalyzer and there's uh, a detriment to not taking the breathalyzer. And that is if you do take a blood test, you're waiting on results. Mm-hmm. So as of today, as of what is now five and a half hours, I'm going to read a statement that he said at media day. He said, I don't have comments on what really went down. I haven't Smart. been charged with any crime yet. Pretty much Smart. they had probable cause. And instead of doing a breathalyzer, I chose to do blood. So they're waiting on the results to get back. I know that. And we'll go from there. It's just a one night thing. I decided to kick back and relax with my girlfriend. I had a few drinks, you know, and then there was a situation that happened and cops got involved and I did have my weapon on me. My weapon is legal. It's licensed in my name. They made it look like I had a Mac 10 in my lap driving drunk or something, but it's not as serious as, as they made it out to be. It's not like I was drunk off my ass, hungover, running in the streets. It was a one-time thing. Now, with all that to say, why did the cops come? That's number one. And then two, you're pending a blood test. It's pretty clear if he was he had gotten pulled over that he was probably shit-faced. And if he was shit-faced, the charges that are going to come down are going to be tough against him for having that, for having the gun. And that's all going to happen here in the next 48 hours prior to whether it's weigh-ins or the fight occurring. So his charges, uh, the news in relation, the media circus that's going to happen. And you think that that guy's going to walk in and fight an absolute fucking behemoth in Santiago Ponzinibbio, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose? I don't think so. I see him losing. I see Santiago Ponzinibbio taking this. I think minus 130 is a fair, fair price on this fucking take it we don't know that he even got pulled over you know you can get a d a dwi or a dui in your driveway sitting in your car not not at my house yes you can that's that's my prop my proper tie doesn't matter you're saying i can't get shit-faced on my couch and not get arrested you can get shit-faced on your couch what i'm saying is if you get if you get hammered and go sit out in the driver's seat driver you know, side seat in your car and go to sleep. A cop can come up and charge you with a DUI on my proper tie on your property. You better go get in the passenger seat. That's insane. That is scary. So you don't, we don't know this. We don't know the story about it at all. You're right. We will. They could have gotten, they could have gotten to a fight and he could have went to sleep it off outside. You can get hammered at a bar tray and go, go sit in the parking lot and, and fall asleep. No keys in your car, but just sit in in your in your car. In the if you're in the driver's seat, hammered, go to sleep, wake up, DUI. Man, 
to broke. There's there's certain things about that that are busted. Anyway, doesn't matter. Scary world. We'll, Under we'll one a, and a half. We'll have a law episode. What? No, don't do that. <laughs> we'll have a law episode. Another. Okay. Amanda Nunez, bantamweight strap. Juliana Pena. Nunez at twenty one and four. Pena at eleven and four. Wealth of experience. If you're Amanda Nunez, minus eight ninety five. Um, seems like a fair price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Julian Pena plus five seventy. Chat says only if keys are on your or keys in the ignition in Australia. Hey, that's one thing Australia is doing right right now currently. Um, <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, this is a wide line. Pena plus five seventy. Nunez minus eight ninety five over and around is at one and a half trait. I think it's a foregone conclusion. We all pretty much think Amanda Nunez is going to win, right? Right. Um, I mean, that's that's yeah. the thing we do. But also two things with this show. Don't we have to trust the science here and go small play on Pena? Like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't apply. That doesn't apply hold on, hold on, here. Hold on a second. Let's just let's just let's just say this, right? No. No, let's put the disclaimer out here. Amanda Nunez should win this fight. She should win this fight. And if they were to fight ten times, I know what you're doing. Amanda Nunes should probably win nine and a half of them. I know what you're doing. What? No, you, you, one of your biggest bets you had ever won was, and here we go again, Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey. How many fucking mm-hmm. times do I hear this every single episode? That was a unicorn, Dale. It's no, never going to happen again, and it's not going to happen in this spot. So don't do it. Don't do this. I just don't see the downside on a small play on Pena. Why don't you balance that out by uh, Amanda Nunes by KO in a round play? It's still going to be minus money. Nunes by KO is going to be minus money. Picking a round, you might as well just fire an arrow into the sky and hope it doesn't hit you or hope you can catch it on the way down. I'm saying that taking Juliana Pena plus 570 is going to be the same odds as trying to pick the round in which Amanda Nunes knocks her out in. <laughs> so pick Pena money line and give yourself a potential 25 minutes for her to pull off the, the impossible. No, what a waste. You're just burning cast in front of your eyes. If anything, you should parlay Amanda Nunes no. under one and a half, nope. round one, and nope. money line. You might no. get minus there's no, 15. There's no book out there that's <laughs> doing that. There's no book that's out there letting you do that. There's no way. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm under the I, I want, I want Pena. I don't, I want Pena to win just to shake things up a bit, but I don't believe that she will. Um, and I think a sprinkle on her, just the smallest of sprinkles, a little, little Jimmy, uh, plus five seventy. I, what, what is, what, what is fun? What, what's entertaining? What's the entertainment value of Amanda Nunes? Give me one redeeming quality other than her knockout power. She looks like Michael Jackson. She fights like a dude. What's 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 entertaining about her? What's entertaining? It's it's called greatness before your eyes, dude. Michael it's Jordan not, status. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care anymore. You I want like parody. Greatness? I want parody in the women's bantamweight division. You want you want laughter? No, I want parody like P P A R I T Y parody. I don't know what that means. It means like I want variety. I want diff, I want something different. You want Jimmy's? Yes. Amanda Nunez is the greatest bantamweight, women's bantamweight of all time. We've established that. Let's move on to something fun. Let Pena beat her. Let her fight Shevchenko again. Give me something yes. different. Yeah. That's Give me cool. something different. I want I want her. She got she got a gift in the second Shevchenko fight. A gift. Mm. Mm. 
Give me paying you plus five seventy. I'm taking it. I'm putting it. I'm putting a little <laughs> on it. You can't Disgusting. tell me anything right now. Amanda Nunes is going to absolutely remove her face from her from her body, but I'm taking Pena anyway. I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to will it into existence. Okay. Oh, you're you're moving me along to the main event. All right, man. Charles Oliveira plus one thirty taking on Dustin Poirier minus one sixty over on rounds is at one and a half. Charles Oliveira is thirty one and eight. Dustin Poirier twenty eight and six. This is what you want to see championship wise. Records, lines, the whole nine. This is what I want to see. I'll let you go. You go first here, man. You go first. I want to see parity, dude. I just want to see parity. I want to see parity here. And many people would say, oh, that's the Dustin Poirier coming in, not being the champion. But I kind of want to see parity, dude. And the reason I want to see parity, a little bit of a parity here, is I might want to see Charles Oliveira by submission, dude. I could see that happening here. Um, I think that... No, I can see it. Charlie always by submission. You want to make that plus 130 a little bit juicier? By submission. Dustin, you got to go back and watch his fights, whether it was against like Gaethje or or Connor um, or even prior to that, even with like Khabib and stuff like that. His output, people think that he's more of like a think and then shoot and then you know selectively take his shots. He's not. He's a volume puncher. And I think Charlie Oliveira is someone that's not a volume puncher. So I think over one and a half, you're going to play it. You're going to play Dustin over the one and a half line. I think Charles Oliveira, someone who has been quite, had had questionable heart, who um, is going to look for a slip up and try and take something to the ground where things will get messier and close quickly. I think you got to take Charlie in the early rounds. You got to take Dustin in the later rounds. I think Dustin's going to have the greater heart. I think he's the more well-rounded fighter and he has heart. <laughs> That's for sure, dude. I, I could play Charlie by submission. I could play Dustin by decision. I like the over one and a half most in this fight. All right. So are you taking a money line play or no? No, I'm just going to play over one and a half. Okay. I think that's a ridiculous. Is that right? One and a half? Yeah, 100%. Why? Because Vegas thinks that Oliveira wins early. Right. Poirier exactly. gets better as the fight goes on. Oliveira right. has never been past three rounds ever we have no idea what round four and five looks like on him Um, his cardio could be fantastic it could be awful we don't know Um, you touched on a few things that I like Oliveira questionable grit questionable heart we've seen that before Um, he's got to he's got to extend this fight really is what he has to do he he the he's in the most danger uh, well, Vegas has it in the first round and a half. The first seven minutes is when he's in the most danger. Um, right. When he doesn't have the time down, when he doesn't have the speed, when he doesn't have the distance, um, when he's still dry, you know, it, it's Ooh, dry bodies, dry bodies. Yep. Two dry bodied men rubbing up against each other. That's when he's got to worry the most. He really does. Uh, but I'm not saying anything that people don't already know. There's no. There's no hot take here when it comes to this fight. We've all, for the last, I would say, probably three or four years in this round robin that is the men's lightweight division, the Shark Tank, we've Mm -hmm. all sat here, whether it be in podcasts or message boards or forums or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and all viciously debated each other on how we think these outcomes of these matchups potentially would shake out. So if you're on Oliveira, you think he's going to win by sub. If you're on Dustin, you think he's going to win by knockout. 
I mean, it depends on what camp you're aligning yourself with. And if you're asking me who I think is going to win or who I think is the better mixed martial artist, I think that Poirier is probably the better mixed martial artist. I have this non-scientific feeling that Oliveira is going to win. I, I, I have no basis in it. I have no grounds to believe so on paper. It doesn't look like he should win this fight, but there's some weird gnawing on my bones that says Oliveira is going to win this fight. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe Dustin wants it too bad. I feel like Dustin's reading a lot of mindset books and reading and listening to podcasts about mental health. He's always talking 25 minutes to eternity and champions are forever. And I'm like, I paid in full and you know, whatever. Like all, he just, Jeez. it's all it Michael Chandler cliche phrases. And if you have to say those reinforcing mantras to yourself over and over again, and it works for you, it's super. But it also means that you are trying to establish a confidence that may or may not be there. Um, also visualization is a big thing. He always says, if I win, right? He's being very loose about what he's saying. All the press conferences we get, if I win on Saturday night, if I win, I feel like visualizing, you have to find yourself and speak of yourself in the positive person, manifest that that positive iteration of yourself in reality if you want to see it happen. And he's, if I win, if I win. No, bro, you're the challenger. You feel like this is your belt and he's placed only for you. When I win on Saturday night, when I become a champion, that's forever. When I win on Saturday, I will accomplish everything I want to do in the sport. When I win on Saturday, I will solidify myself as the greatest lightweight of all time. Not if, it's when. And if you're walking into this with ifs in your heart, you're going to get beat. It's that simple. And I, it, again, there's nothing scientific to any of that. On paper, Poirier wins this fight. Weird feeling Oliver subs him or cracks him. What's weird, what's I'll tell you what's I'll tell you what's strange. If you look at Oliveira versus Chandler, right? Oliveira gets rocked. Some refs would have stopped that fight. Oliveira recovers and he dusts Michael Chandler. Yeah. <clears throat> Justin Gaethje goes out there who we all believe hits like a Mack truck and punches Chandler for 15 minutes straight and can't get him out of there. What is that? What are we thinking about Charlie Olive's power at 155? He's so measured and accurate and drinking his own Kool-Aid right now. I really believe that he confidence is key here. And if I'm looking at two of these guys, Oliveira seems confident. Poirier seems pressured. The pressure's on Poirier. Um, I know they say, diamonds are formed under pressure, Dale. Diamonds are formed (laughs) under pressure. Dustin Don Poirier. I can hear you guys. I know it already. I can hear the the Instagram comments. I I know it's coming. Don't call him a diamond for nothing. I get it. I understand. I know I'm picking straight underdogs this entire main card, but I think Oliveira's going to win this fight, man. Wow. All right. I love it, dude. I love it. I think he is. Um, I'm going to give you another quick hot take. I want Poirier to win, though. Let me just say that. I want Poirier to win. What do you think is better? Poirier's hot sauce or proper 12? Poirier's hot sauce. Um, It's not. Proper 12 is literally urine. Dude, the Poirier hot sauce is 
awful. I'm it's sure awful. it is, but it's it when you're when you're scaling terrible things, the terribleness of that hot sauce pales in comparison to the terribleness of proper twelve. Mm. Not fair, but fair. I mean, Got I'm it. a Jameson guy. I'm telling you, I, this is how I feel. It's slightly biased. I don't know. All right. You want to do some prelims? Listeners, we're about to move into the prelim segment of the show. This is where things get a little bit wild. Things get a little testy. Things get a little bit ugly. Things get a little bit sexy. And Strap we move in, faster. Here. We're going to move, move faster fast. here because 47 minutes in already. Goodness gracious. You talk so much, man. I love how you think that when we're at 47 minutes, if you look at the competing podcast, not that we compete because we're in our own fucking category, but dude, we finish it an hour. Everyone else finishes it three hours. We, we just knock it out of the park. I don't have, I mean, I love you, man. I don't know if I have three hours dedicated to you like this. I mean, with, with all, with all the stuff we talk about through the week and everything that we do during the show and getting ready for the show and everything else, you get enough of me. I just, I get enough of me. Really? I don't like, I literally spend all day talking and then to just come on here and listen to myself talk for another hour and a half three hours i it just amazes me it's just <laughs> there's a lot going on there all right priscilla catch aware at plus 300 taking on jillian robertson at minus 400 over on rounds is at two and a half you hate jillian robertson for some reason she's nine and six priscilla catch aware is at 10 and three which is a shock to me because i was pretty con- pretty convinced in my mind that she was very close to a 500 record but that's not the case priscilla um, she's, she's doing rather well for herself skill wise. I don't know, but, uh, from a record perspective, she looks pretty good. She's a minus or a plus 300 dog here taking on Jillian Robertson with the overrunner. Like I said, is it two and a half here, Trey? You think Priscilla is going to win this fight? Do you not? New listeners out there. Um, there's been a theory out there for many, 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 um, almost years now, um, that, uh, women's science, AKA, you know, women's underdogs usually comes through. It's coming in at a, almost a 65% win rate. I would, uh, beg to say, I mean, we're, we're completely shooting that percentage off the cuff, but we bet every <laughs> women's underdog and we're not losing money on the year. Let's put it that way. There you go. Coin flip. So with Priscilla Cachoeira, this girl has not had a fair shake in the UFC by any means. Her UFC debut was against Valentina Shevchenko. Give me a (laughs) fucking break. What are you supposed to do with that? So not a fair representation when it comes to her record. She's got good stand-up, good takedown defense, but the problem is if she does get taken down, she's not very good off her back. Now, what's Jillian Robertson going to do? She's going to crowd you. She's going to try and pull you into deep, deep, waters and the problem is with her ground and pound her top pressure that's a huge issue i don't like her red hair i think that you know she's been eroding over the past you know a couple of years i'm not a fan of that i don't not a fan of the minus 400 price tag there so i'm going to go with what is women's science here i'm going to take priscilla cachuera and i think that she can catch her cachuera standing and i think if standing if it stays a standing affair i think priscilla is going to get the better of the exchanges I will say this, there's, we talk about cultures, right? Um, Lately, Jillian Robertson um, has adopted a culture of losing. If we're being, we're being, I'm just, if we're being completely honest, look, she's got a win over Pollyanna Botello. Okay. Awesome. But lost to Talia Santos in a non-competitive fight. Right. Loses to Miranda Maverick. Okay. Fair. So th- these are these are MMA bouts, but then she loses to Raquel Canudo in Submission Ooh. Underground. She actually beats Caitlin Chukagian in Submission Underground, but 
Oh my God. Right. But yeah, it's Caitlin Chukagan and she did. So she (laughs) on scoring points off an escape. It's not like she tapped her and then she lost to Nikki Sullivan in, in a grappling match as well. So literally all Jillian's been doing for the last two years (laughs) is losing. Um, Now it hasn't shown up. Yeah. It's shown up in the MMA landscape as one win and two losses, but in her off time, she loves to do grappling tournaments where she loses. So I'm not, huge on her in this spot i think that she's she could she could uh submit priscilla Cachoeira here right um i i'll i'm riding with science and going plus 300 on any this is why <laughs> why are you giving me flack on on pena here at, at the plus 570 spot we're just i'm betting on Cachoeira just based on odds it's their women and it's odds that I like that I can make three to one of my money. Boom. Right. All right. Let me address this real quick. Cause I'm the, uh, I'm the boxing guy in, in comparison here. Liam says, I've got a big bet pending from a multi on George Cambosis into tie to Ivasa. Very interested on your opinions. Congrats on Cambosis. I will say this though. Um, if you read anything about that with uh, what was going on with Tiafimo, he essentially had air on the outside of his lungs in his chest, um, which the doctor afterwards said it was like he was being crushed to death. Um, and if he would have been hit too hard in the chest, it could have potentially killed him. So while, while Cambosis went out there and put on a fantastic performance against Tiafimo, um, he beat a Tiafimo who was essentially being crushed Salem witch trial style. Um, so, I want to keep that win in perspective here if they were to fight again. Um, I'd be interested to see what Cambosis is doing next. I, I, I'm, I'm interested who his next opponent is. So that being said, uh, congrats to him. And if, you, if you're a fan of his or you know a countryman of his, congratulations to you guys. Great win. But Tiafimo was essentially dying in the ring, and he beat him. So um, anyway. And Liam said, because he's full of hot air. Yes. Well, his dad is more than he is. All right. Sorry, Trey. I can see when I start talking boxing, I can see you just. Yep. Anyway. Are we talking uh, Jake Paul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyron Woodley. We'll talk about Tyron Woodley's at plus 210 right now. We have to take him at plus 210. <laughs> it's science. You have to take him. We're talking about we're talking about betting women, so yeah, you got to take time. All right, Randy Costa at six and two, Tony Kelly at seven and two, Costa's at a minus one ninety five, Kelly's coming back plus one sixty five here. Trey, I love this fight. I know I love this fight too. This is like a this is this is a fight for the people by the people of the people. Um, <laughs> over on rounds at one and a half here. If you're on Randy Costa, take Randy Costa, take him by knockout, take him under one and a half. Yeah, that's sure. that's. That's my assessment of this fight. If you like Randy Costa, take him by knockout, take him under one and a half. Yeah. If you like Tony Kelly, take him any way you want him. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Randy Costa is a bat out of hell in that first first round, round and a half. He's fast. He's quick. He's an absolute spectacle. Look at that and against the Adrian Yanis fight. Kelly's very well-rounded. I talked to you about this, Dale, earlier. He's very meat and potatoes, though. I think he has a great cardio tank, and that's something that we had talked about with Randy Costa, that maybe there's a disparity in. We don't know what he really kind of looks like in that later rounds. We haven't seen it at that much of, uh, of a cadence. So I think uh, Tony Kelly, if you're going to play him, play in the later rounds, but a plus 150, you might as well just play him straight out. Randy Costa, early rounds, one, one and a half. That's where he's going to stick. Randy Costa by knockout under one and a half. If you're on Randy Costa, if you're not Tony Kelly money line, Tony Kelly over one and a half, Tony Kelly by knockout or by sub. 
the Adrian Yanez fight, Randy Costa got a boo-boo on his nose and gave up. It's the first time he had a broken nose, though. Doesn't matter. He got a boo-boo on his nose and he, and he, and he stopped. He stopped. My uh, boo-boo hurts. First time you break your nose, it's a scary thing. Okay. All right. Alex Perez taking on Matt Schnell. Alex Perez at 24 and 6. Matt Schnell at 15 and 6. Minus 330 for Perez, plus 260 for Schnell. Schnell, every once in a while, overperforms. He fights outside of his weight class, figuratively speaking, uh, punches up in weight and, and gets wins that he has no business getting. Alex Perez, I believe, is, is has a high enough fight IQ to win this fight. Very simple here. Alex Perez wins this fight, probably by decision. When you talk about Randy Costa getting a little bit like gun shy when he broke his nose, I think Matt Schnell's are out right around the same thing, dude. He's a fighter that I think if he gets clipped, he gets kind of scared and he kind of gets rocked and he's kind of gets really guarded. Um, he's good, but he's going to circle the outside of the cage. He's going to work on what is his volume versus Alex Perez is going to come in, have fantastic wrestling. He's going to have really good top pressure and he's going to be a little bit more explosive. He's going to move more, you know, in and out, not so much laterally. So I think Alex Perez is the right call here. Um, Matt Schnell over two and a half. That's where he's going to fit. But I think Alex Perez gets things done. Schnell's one of these dudes that's like really tried to adopt this like flow state lately. Like we just saw with Brendan Allen before he lost to Chris Curtis, which you called correctly. Um, come out there and he's got his hands and he's trying to. Yeah, dude. You doing kind of they want you know he's just trying to he's just trying to flow it around a little bit. You know he's pawing, touching, reaching. He's doing the whole. Yeah. You can't do that against a guy like Alex Perez. He's too explosive. He's going to close the distance quickly, and, and, and you're going to have an issue on your hand. All right. Next fight on the card. <clears throat> Did we skip one? You skipped Derek Minner, Ryan Hall. I skipped skip Derek Minner, Ryan Hall. You're right. I see that I'm out of order That's here. Ryan my Hall, fight eight, of the night, dude. Ryan Hall, 8-2. and two, Derek Minner at 26-12. and 12, Minus 220 for Ryan Hall. Plus 180 for Derek Minner. Um, or plus 160 here. You have it. Over on around is at 2.5. I feel like we got to go under two, under two and a half, right? Under I two and a half. Oh man, I don't know. Yes, you do. I don't know. Yes, you no, do. I don't. Yes, you do. Don't overthink this. If Ryan Hall wins, he wins by submission. Same if with Derek, Derek, Derek Minner, though. If Derek Minner wins, it's because he he pummels Ryan Hall to death. No, Derek Minner is unfortunately. It's hard to say this when you're going against the the submission wizard that is Ryan Hall, but Derek Minner. I mean, the only way he gets fights done is by submission. Like, this is going to be a, a grappler's wet dream here. But the problem is they both respect the art so much that they're not going to actually engage. Derek Minner, there's a couple things I don't like about him. One, he is very one-dimensional when it comes to the submission game. I also don't – he is. He's someone that's going to try and close the distance, try and get that submission. Ryan Hall is – clearly very one-dimensional he has that spinning outside kick to create distance to shoot in imanari roll and then pull like a della heva so he can get some type of knee bar or some bullshit i'm not a fan of it uh i'm also not a fan of uh derek minner how he spells his name dude anyone that spells their name derek d-a-r-r-i-c-k it's questionable dude and you know what i send it back he didn't choose it. His parents chose that. He has nothing to do with that. And here's the thing. He's got a wealth of experience. He's more active than Ryan Hall. Under two and a half is the play here. Don't 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 bog down in the semantics of money line bets with me here. This is an under two and a half play, Trey. It's under two and a half. This fight does not need the judges. All right. We'll take under two and a half. Minner and Ryan Hall do not have the cardio for it. Ryan Hall has zero chin, and both of them are going to try to rip a limb off. Chances are 
this goes the way of all flesh, like every grappler's delight. And they sit there and they try to throw hands with each other for 15 minutes. It's probably what's going to happen. We're probably going to see some sort of point style Taekwondo fight yes. between these two dummies. Well, because they, when we, cause we all want them to grapple because we think it'll be amazing. They're going to go out there and they're going to leg kick each other for 15 minutes. Yeah. No, they're going to both run at each other, hold 50, 50 position, and then just hammer fist each other. Cardio and chin are suspect on both of these cats under two and a half, man. I'll take it. All right. Fine. That's fair. Fine. There's too many, there's too many weapons in play here. That's fair. All right. Where did Alex Perez? All right. Aaron Blanchfield, Miranda Maverick, Miranda Ma- Maverick, nine and three Blanchfield at seven and one. Damn. Maverick minus 130 Blanchfield at a plus 100. What? What? Miranda Maverick, dude. She lost to Macy Barber. No, what? Miranda Maverick lost to Macy Barber. Um. Okay. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? I don't know. Because she didn't, even though she did. That's the problem, dude. It's on the record as a loss for Miranda Maverick. She lost to Macy Barber, but she didn't really lose to Macy Barber. She won that fight. I agree. Miranda Maverick is, she's really good. The problem is she tends to get into this cruise control type state. She's someone that can be aggressive. I think she has good striking. She's strong for the division. She's big for the division. The problem is over one and a half, she tends to go to cruise control and then let someone else dictate the fight. She can't do that anymore. And I think while she quote unquote lost, but won the Macy Barber fight, she learned from her mistakes. Aaron Blanchfield is someone who, what you're setting the barometer based off a fucking Sarah Alpar, someone that you have continuously said is not UFC caliber. Sarah Alpar is absolutely atrocious as it relates to the UFC quality of competition. That person versus someone who's going to be coming bigger, stronger, better striking, better wrestling. This is a Miranda Maverick. And I think at minus 130, you're getting a fucking hell of a price on this. I'll take, okay. I'm, I mean, again, do we, are we, do we trust science? Are we going science here? Will you, when are you trusting the science? I'm trusting in the spots that I like it, dude. Okay. So only this one is almost a pickup. So only one that serves your personal vendetta. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. I think Miranda Maverick should win this fight too, but I like Aaron Blanchfield. I think she look. I think she, again, I, I agree with your assessment. And I, not only is it your assessment, you're using my words against me. I, I yes. don't believe Sarah Alpar's UFC talent and she got cut. So the, that, that theory proved to be correct. Um, yes. But I thought Blanchfield looked fantastic in that fight. And she is going to be like the thing with Maverick is she's big. She like she yeah. the, 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 she's muscly. Big yeah, right. She's she's muscly. Um Blanchfield very much the same way. Um these these are two sturdy women that are gonna go out there and try to punch each other in the face. High stakes punch face uh taking place on Saturday night between these two. I'll go Miranda Maverick, but it is what it is. All right. Eric Anders Trey. Anders. 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 Um, plus 115. Andre Muniz minus 145 over and around is at one and a half. There was a moment in a Darren Stewart fight, like, I don't know, 18 months ago, when Eric Anders looked amazing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I don't know what happened then. Like, that was like this weird Haley's exactly. comment. Came in this, you know, we had the, it was an illegal kick. They stopped the fight. But in that moment, in that brief 
four and a half minutes, Eric Anders looked like an MMA god in there. Yeah, and that's that's the best we've ever seen him look. And I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can harness that again. And Andre Muniz has looked really good. Um, well, it's it's always much easier to perform when you get a secondary look at the exact same you know form of competition you're going to face. And that's what he did. That second look he got, which mind you, was the second time he had had a camp under fight ready. It's the second time that he's had the same coaching. It's the second time that he fought the same quality of competition. So, of course, he's going to look absolutely fantastic. He's an athletic dude, but you have to think Eric Honors, Dale, dude. This is a guy. What did he play? I'm going to say Honors, dude. It's Honors. I've literally spoken to him. That's not how you say his name. I'm going to keep saying it because I think it's fancier and I think it's better looking. Um, Eric, who did he play football for? The University of Alabama. Alabama. Yes, yeah, the University Alabama. of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. The University Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. yeah this is a guy that's super green still, man. Um, when you look at Andre Muniz, he's super green, dude. Oh, he's... I thought you said Anders is super green. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, yeah, Eric Anders is very green for the MMA sport. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, dude? He played college football, Bro, and then how long has the, he been? That is the hottest take you've said so far in your podcasting career. You're out of your mind. Eric Anders literally is the greenest fighter I could think of as of this moment. He has he's 20 fights into his career. He's fought Loyota Machida, Tiago Santos. Gerard Mearshart, who's a freaking 50 fight. I'm vet. not talking what quality of competition. Tell me man. when his first fight was. His first fight? Yeah. What year? 2000, 2012. He's been in the game for 10 years. No, you're looking yeah. at Muniz. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> what? Yes. No, he's green, dude. You're out of your mind. You're off your rocker. I might be out of you're, you're DC to my Dom Cruise right now. You're phoning this in. Are you calling me fat? <laughs> Are you calling me fat? I'm saying you didn't do the homework. Okay. Well, I'll do homework here. Muniz is going to win this fight for one reason, one reason I only. Agree. He has a game plan, and it's very Ryan Hall-esque. This guy will pull guard if he needs to. He's got great jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. That's something that is deep, deep out of fucking opportunistic world for Eric Anders. I'm taking Andre Bernese and I'm taking him by submission. Okay, awesome. Four fights left. Bruno Silva, 21 and 6. Jordan Wright, 12 and 1. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bruno Silva, minus 355. Jordan Wright, minus 280. Over and around at one and a half. I love this. I like Bruno Silva as a parlay piece. I think he gets it done. I think he knocks out Jordan Wright. Next. Next. Love that, dude. I'll just take it. I'll just take it. Okay. Augusto Sakai minus it, Augusto Sakai versus Tai Tuivasa. Pick him over under rounds at one and a half. Bad matchup for Tai Tuivasa. And I like Tai. You know, I like Tai. This is a bad matchup for him. Cerebral is Augusto Sakai. Cerebral. The man's a thinker. He's a very fight intelligent heavyweight. We don't see a lot of high fight IQ heavyweights. Augusto Sakai is one of those. And he's going to go out there. He'll be measured in his approach. And as long as he doesn't get caught by the big bomb and get in a slugfest, he wins this fight and he does so. I know you're going to say it already. I'll say it. I'll say it right now. First team, all bad body. You said his body looks like Grimace. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm just going to get all if that one out of the way guys now. shows up purple, oh my God. I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and get it out of the way now. Uh, I think Augusto <laughs> Sakai is going to win the fight. If Ty Tuivasa wins this fight, I will be doing a shoey. Shoey contest stands as always. Yeah. Uh, if Ty Tuivasa wins the fight, video of you doing a shoey, send it to us. 
We will put it out to the Punchless Nation. Punchless Nation will vote. Whoever has the best shoe, we will win one of the new limited edition hedge t-shirts. Yeah, and get beer money. Oh, okay. We'll sweeten the pot even more. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. What else you got? Uh, many people don't know this, but outside of having really poor bodies on both sides of the fence, Tai Tuovasa is the fastest quote unquote swimmer in the UFC. The guy, he's a goddamn dolphin, Dale. Is he really? The guys, he's so fast. You know what's so funny uh, growing up in the triathlon world? Uh, heavy people fare very well in the swimming world, dude. Wait a second. Hold on a second. So you're you're saying you grew up in the triathlon the triathlon world? Yes. Okay, gotcha. All right. And you're saying yeah. you're saying big people are good swimmers? Yes. I don't know if it's uh, said blubber, but they definitely sit above the water higher and they move faster. Interesting. I didn't know this. Yeah, I think that's uh, the whale mentality. I don't know. I think it's a theory. Learned Your science knowledge. is off tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Off. I but think. Do, uh, do you know that Tai Tuivasa for real is a good swimmer, or were you just trying to make it a very long, elaborate fat joke? No, no, I swear to God, he posts on his Instagram all the time and he actually puts out contest. I think he actually threw it out to Brad Riddell and he said, Hey, you know, come down here. You've been talking about you're a great swimmer. I'm the best swimmer. I'm Michael Phelps on steroids, yada, yada, yada. He claims himself as the greatest swimmer in the UFC. Now, you're getting a fair price right now on Augusta Sakai. The only reason you're getting minus 110 versus Tai Tuvasa at minus 120 is because he's on a two fight skid. And our loss skit. And the reason he's on a two fight loss skit is he's fighting really, really good quality of competition. If you look, Tai Tuavasa, when he came to the UFC, he was fed like to the absolute hardcore best in the biz. And then they're like, shit, this guy's got a personality. He's marketable. We need to back him down, get him some better fights, some that he can win. Augusta Sakai is doing literally the inverse. He's getting those crazy good looks. He's not faring too well. The price is situated there, but he's an actually really good fighter. I love Tai Tuivasa, much like you just said, Dale, but I think you got to go with who I think is more technically sound and who I think is actually going to come in the bigger person, the stronger person, and who's going to be more devastating than Augusta Sakai. When, obviously, because it was Greg Hardy, number one, but when Tai Tuivasa wins fights, it makes it like I, I experience legitimate joy. And that that's not an exaggeration. Like I experience real joy when he wins fights. Um, there's only a few fighters out there that elicit that response from me. That guy is such a character and just so fun to watch that when he does get a win and the way the crowd always erupts when he wins, it just, it makes me, I don't know, dude, I like travel back to like when I first started like when I first fell in love with, with the sport, like I'm not trying to get all weird with it, but like I, I really enjoy watching that guy win fights. Um, it's just, it's something rock'em, sock'em, robots, blood and guts, you know, eat two to give one kind of style. I just, I love it. And if he wins on Saturday night, I will find myself grinning ear to ear with sheer stupidity while I chug beer out of a shoe. If you're asking me to pick a fight, Dale, who do you think is going to win the fight? I think Augusto Sakai is going to win the fight, but I would love nothing more than to see Tai Tuivasa win this. So, anyway. All right. Um, I got a text. I got to hurry up here. Pedro Munoz, 19 and 6, taking on Dominic Cruz at 23 and 3. Again, another fight that's really close to a pick em. Um, But we're around at two and a half. I'm actually on. This one's so easy, dude. Come on. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Pedro here. Good. Okay. I'm gonna go Pedro just because I don't. I just don't see a way Dom wins this fight. Because this is it. It's not Dancing with the Stars, dude. We're not watching Dancing with the Stars. I I think that the calf kicks of Munoz are gonna be too much. He's the OG calf kicker. The OG calf kicker. Um, Now, granted, he's the most hittable fighter in bantamweight history. Um, Durable. But he's incredibly durable. So I don't see Cruz getting him out of there. Cruz is not durable. Um, And he's going to get those legs kicked. I'm taking Munoz and I'm taking him at the pick and price. Dom Cruz is all about footwork. That's all we hear about all day long. That's why I said Dancing with the Stars. Who gives a shit? Dancing with the Stars doesn't matter if you get clipped in the face. And someone that's going to be in your face, who's going to be taking damage, and who's going to be dishing out damage, and Pedro Munoz is going to get the better of those exchanges. I will say this. I will say this. Dom Cruz, it could get this done by decision. I think why two and a half is set appropriately there. I think Pedro's got to get in there. He's got to lay the hammer quickly. Um, He's got to utilize those calf kicks. He's got to have that one punch KO power, which we know he has, but he's got to know this. Dom Cruz is not going to be like an a la freaking Cody Garbrandt. Who's going to ditch his game plan. If he gets clipped, most of the fights that Pedro Munoz is in, he clips someone and they're like, Oh man. Oh, fuck it. I'll get into a brawl. Dom Cruz is not going to be that guy. If Dom Cruz gets clipped, he's going to go back to his shuffle freaking rope a dope bullshit and try and get this thing done by decision. Two questions. One, um, we'll just talk about it real quick. The MMA escape's going to beat it, beat it to the ground. But anyway, Dom comes out today, says, whenever DC's on the mic doing commentary, he puts it on mute. Yeah. Says, and it comes in super prepared. DC phones it in. That's I'm paraphrasing, but that's fair, what he said. Fair comment. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like DC. I know a lot of people don't like DC on the commentary. I know you and I are both sort of eh, on DC commentary. He has his moments. He has his moments, but him and Rogan are rough at times together. Um, and you're not a casual though. That's the problem. Well, the thing is, is like, I see, I don't like that. that, uh, I don't like that term. Um, I want anybody. They appeal to the masses. And unfortunately you're just glossed over by that. I want casual people. I want I want the sport to be popular with casual fans. It's what helps it grow. Casual fans turn into hardcore fans. So I don't think insulting a person that watches the sport casually is the way to go. Um, I mean it that way, yeah. I know you, I know you didn't mean it that way, but I'm saying as a, as a community, MMA people like to use that as a form of insult. Yeah. I mean, the you could definitely say like the way I watch football. I'm, I'm a casual football fan. I watch it when it's on, and I I know some of the people and what's what I'm watching, but I don't know it the way our our broadcast partners over at give me the points podcast know it right so if you want super in-depth analysis go listen to give me the points pod or give me the points podcast which is available everywhere every week to bet on football because those guys know it in and out but to them i'm a casual fan but they want me to know what i'm talking about so that way i can contribute to a conversation yeah so Lift up the casual. Help turn them into a hardcore. Give them good fights to watch. Have them watch Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi. Have them watch Mark Hunt versus Bigfoot Silva 1 and 2. Have them watch those fights and turn them into hardcore fans. Um, Anyway, do you think Dom was out of line by saying that DC phones it in and he he puts it on mute? Do you think he was out of line? No, I thought he was being accurate. He's honest, but well, you're you're married and you have been for some time. people always say honesty is the best policy, but sometimes shutting, shutting up and not saying anything is a good policy too. You don't always have to say what you think. 
Wouldn't you agree? I would agree, but I also believe that honesty is the best policy. And I, you know what? Fair criticism, rising tides raise all ships. Maybe that'll be the moment that he'll start doing film study. It'll be the moment that he actually understands who the fighters are, what their techniques are, and actually calls them accordingly versus just comes in and says, ooh, that was devastating. Or ooh, uh, the freaking, who was the counterpart to Joe Rogan for so many years that I'm blanking on my eyes, or my, I'm blanking right now. Um, Mike Goldberg. Mike Goldberg, dude. It's the Mike Goldberg theory. We don't need any more Mike Goldbergs. We have Joe Rogan. It is all over. All right. Um, and then the last question I have for you here is, is this person in the chat, this Tim Wilshire, is that your burner account? Why? Because he comes in and he says, Con Air is the best movie of all time. Yep. False Tim. Or no, that's fully true. Tim, a.k.a. Trey. Then he says, <laughs> The Rock is not better than Con Air. Okay, Tim Trey. Yep. And then he says, Proper 12 actually tastes good. <laughs> Dude, this, this guy's is either, a legend. This Tim, is either, this is either Tim. somebody you know or your burner account. No, you know what it is? He's just, he knows, he knows, he yeah. knows. Tim. Giving him a thumbs up. All right, whatever, man. Feature prelim, Josh Emmett taking on Danny Gate. Danny Gate 15-4, Josh Emmett 16-2. and two. Minus 170 on the return for Josh Emmett against Danny Gate at plus 145. Danny Gate's beating everybody, man. He's on the cusp of a title shot. All he's got to do is put a couple of them together. Josh Emmett, a friend of the show. For those of you who are unaware, we we, we can't bet against people that have come on the show before. It's right. just it, it's it's bad juju. Um, Josh Emmett minus one sixty. Plus, I think he's going to win the fight too. I, I I really do. I'm worried about the le- the long layoff. I'm worried about the fact that he he had a couple losses in his family over the course of the last year and a half. I'm worried about when we talked to him last. Remember, he said he wanted to be the fastest person ever to come back from an ACL surgery. And um, that's just not the case. So um, had some setbacks in the recovery, had some setbacks personally. I'd love to see Josh Emmett both professionally and personally come out and get a win. Danny Ige first fight after having a kid too. And you know how I feel about that. Danny Ige is taking that L on Saturday. Josh Emmett for the win. You know, it's hard, man. Josh Emmett, team alpha male, Danny Ige, Hawaii boy. It's tough, man. Splitting hairs here, but I will say this, Josh Emmett, the biggest detriment to his entire career has been inactivity. And it's not because of something he hasn't chosen to do. It's because he's been injury ridden. He is durable, but durable to a fault. He's a guy that will get into these total wars a la freaking Shane Burgos and fight on one leg the entire fight and still throw 300 plus strikes and get it done. Danny Uge is a crisp striker. He's also a fantastic jiu-jitsu player. We just never actually see it. I actually had the pleasure of training with him at Studio 540 here in San Diego. And the guy is another animal, but you never get to see it because he chooses to utilize his hands more than the well-roundedness of his game. Josh, though, when he touches you, he freaking puts you out. He has a death touch. He is the strongest 145-er, I believe, in the division. He's in the air. Intro for a reason. He literally put Ricardo Lamas to a point where I thought Ricardo Lamas was a dead man. This is a guy that touches you, you go night-night. So to that, I say night, night, Danny Ige. So we're just taking them at money line, though, not by knockout. I'm taking it by knockout, dude. Really? Ige's never been knocked out before, if I'm not mistaken. He's never felt the power of freaking Josh Emmett, dude. All right. So you're you're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. All right, guys. If you don't already do so, please follow us everywhere at PunchlessMMA. That's Instagram, Twitter. Shoot us an email if you're into that kind of thing. Chat at PunchlessMMA. You can do that. Um, 
Thanks to our show sponsor, Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code FISHING, save 10%. And then be sure, go to Allegiance Clothing. Pick up the new shirt. Again, three weeks, and that's it. Um, I've said it to you before, and I'll say it again. I do not have half the shirts we make because we make them. We don't print them again. I mail, and we give half of them away. Um, what what kind of con- – we have Eric Betts fights. I owe a six-pack of beer. We've got the Tai Tuivasa Shoei Challenge. If Tai Tuivasa wins, video of you doing a Shoei, send it to us. Punchless Nation votes. If you are the winner, we'll send you one of the hedge T-shirts, and we'll send you beer money as well. Do we? Are we giving anything else away this week? I think that's it this week. Okay. Um, I I say it all the time. I appreciate every single one of you. Um, you could spend your time doing whatever you want, listening to whoever you want about whatever they want, whatever you want to talk about, but you choose to spend it with us. I appreciate that. That's not lost on us. I hope that you feel that um, with how responsive we try to be with you guys, how, you know, if there's anything we can do for you or uh, to make the show better, worse, about the same, whatever you need. Um, it's not a joke. Hit us up, you know, we, that we do this because we absolutely enjoy it and we enjoy this community. So, until Saturday, when we talk to you guys all on social, be good to each other, and we'll see you then. Eric Andres is green. Bang, bang.